my right. It's my right. It's my right. My right, my right. That's why I'm pro-choice. Well, this is the response I've gotten on from my peers, polling them, asking them what the biggest reason they are pro-choice. And all I heard was, my right, my right, my right, my right, my right, my right, my right. Insert a blank, and that's what their rights to. Well, if you want to know why this is false, stay tuned for this Q&A response podcast to yesterday's filterless opinions on abortion. Hey guys, it's Katie Thomas here, and today I was originally not intending to post a podcast or a video, but I got a lot of response from people I know um, about my video on abortion and my opinions, and so I wanted to share some of those responses and kind of go over. I had It got to the point where I started polling my peers, and I have lots of liberal people who follow me even though lots of them have left or I had to um, delete because of just different hate comments. And um, I found out a lot of what people were responding with when I polled and asked, if you're pro-choice, why? What's your biggest reason for it? Um, They all kind of said the same thing. And I wanted to kind of debunk this myth um, while also including the fact that somebody commented on my poll and on my, um, my little questionnaire And the guy said, and I'm going to pull it up so I make sure I quote people and I say things correctly. But this kid or guy said, why is it a goal to take people's opinions and attack them? It's just another way to spread hate. And I want to remind you that this podcast is not a way I'm trying to spread hate. Ideas are in a, they're aside from people. If you're a person, your humanity, if you will, is very different than your idea. So if somebody has an idea Um, It's not necessarily meant to be taken personal when I attack their opinion because attacking ideas is part of the democratic process and part of the idea of weeding out information in the marketplace of ideas. So my videos, my thoughts, I know they're very controversial and I know I attack a lot of people's opinions, but I'll never include names. I will never call that person just an absolute, you know, like a stupid person or, you know, moron or anything because I think that people can change their minds, but people don't lose their humanity just because they have a stupid idea. I think that they can be very disrespectful with their ideas, and I think that their ideas can be very illogical and uneducated, but I don't think that that makes a person worth attacking. So I just want to clarify that before I go over the things that I was um, told on my Instagram. This is very informal, by the way, uh, podcast today, just because I wanted to go over some of the responses and debunk some of the myths. But first... To anybody who is watching, um, I just want to know what it means to be a gun girl. I'm not super, like, politically, not politically, I'm not super, like, socially um, cultured in the sense that I keep up with memes and stuff. I I, I kind of don't keep up with that stuff. Um, to me, there are more important things to know about. And uh, somebody in the, my area of where I live in Missouri posted uh, a meme with a comment below that say Katie Thomas is, and in the city I live in, own gun girl. And I don't exactly know what that's supposed to mean. I assume it's an insult because I'm pretty sure the person who posted this is a leftist. Um, But if you know what this means, please like comment down in the comments uh, what it's supposed to mean because 
I, I don't get what they're trying to attack. Or if it's a good thing, which I doubt it is, uh, let me know in the comments below. But on to answer number one to the question of if you're pro-choice, what's the biggest reason as to why? Uh, one person said, I'm pro-choice because I think women should have the right to choose when they are pregnant. And so one of the reasons, one of the biggest things that the left and the feminist, the current feminist movement pushes is the idea that women have these reproductive uh, rights. And I want to go ahead and debunk this by saying that women have already the ability to choose um, when they get pregnant, if you will. Uh, there's two sides to the argument. First off, um, I know everybody hates this, that it's a really unpopular idea. Uh, I mean, I'll go out there and say I've gotten made fun of uh, quite often for using this as my own way of living. But abstinence is not popular um, when it comes to sex among teenagers and young adults and going up into adulthood if you're not married. And sleeping around is, accept is acceptable. But the problem with this is that when you sleep around, you risk the idea of getting pregnant. So if women were to choose abstinence, uh, they would be choosing if they were able to get pregnant at the moment or not. Because they're choosing to avoid the activity that would get them pregnant. And I know there's two responses to this. People are like, well, what if a woman is raped? May I remind you that it's like less than 1% of women who um, get pregnant are conceive in rape. And granted, it still happens. But even that statistic becomes smaller. Because when you're talking about rape, um, it's not necessarily, it's a tragic thing. And don't get me wrong, I don't support rapists. I don't know why anyone would. But when you're talking about rape, there's two different kinds of rape that are counted in that statistic. You have statutory rape and you have the violent rape that most people talk about. Well, statutory rape is consensual sex that has to do with people being out of the age limits, um, not being able to make decisions for themselves. It's against the law. That type of rape is also categorized under the whole rape percent. And so when you combine statutory rape, which is consensual sex, um, with violent, you're going to have a rise in the statistic, but the statistic is still small. So although less than 1% of women who conceive um, do so in rape, it's an even smaller percentage because you have to go through and decide which is violent rape and which is statutory because they're very different things. Um, they both, I mean, obviously violent rape is never good. It's, uh, it's, it's awful. There's honestly no other way to put it. It's awful. But statutory rape is almost its own category because you're not talking about the same violent um, aspects that you are in a violent rape situation. And both are bad. I do not condone either of those. But when you're talking about the idea of, will a woman do or something that was very violent, you're talking about such a small statistic that you can't justify all abortions based on that small of a statistic. You can't. And so that's one part of the argument. The second part of the argument is, well, women should be able to have sex. It's their decision. And this, this um, idea really came about um, and hijacked the feminist movement whenever the Playboy magazine came out. Uh, and then the Cosmopolitan magazine turned into a sex magazine rather than a homemaker magazine. The Cosmopolitan really advocated that women should be able to have sex with no repercussions. But we simply know that that's not true. And you learn this in your basic health class. With, you know, you get the whole pregnancy talk, but you also get more, at least for me, you got, instead of the pregnancy talk, you got more uh, talk about STDs and all the diseases that can happen and all the viral infections you can get. And to me, um, that's a little bit scarier than getting pregnant because you're talking about, you know, damage to your own body more so than a pregnancy. So you, you learn these things in health. 
the consequences of your actions. And everybody wants to think that you can just go out and sleep around and there be no consequences and that that's somehow going to protect women. And so, you know, if you think that women should have the right to choose when they're pregnant, then honestly, you should advocate for the idea of women staying abstinent because that's the best way to prevent women. And really the only way that that would be violated is if there was a rape situation. And in rape, I still don't think that um, that's, you know, something that justifies an abortion. But at least when you narrow down and you're only talking about that situation, um, if you're conceived in a rape, if you want to abort your kid, you're talking to less women um, about the situation and you're not justifying all abortions based on one scenario. So. You know, I think that it's one of those deals where if women should have the right, they should have the right to make decisions that ultimately protect them and that help them choose when to be pregnant, aka be abstinent. It's the scientific way to not get pregnant. And I know people throw out, well, what about birth control? If you're using birth control just so you can sleep around and not get pregnant, um, I still don't think you're 100% protecting yourself. And I don't think that that's good. I just, I don't. And it's not necessarily that there's anything I think you know, awfully wrong with like birth control. It's why you're using it. If you're using it to sleep around, well, you can't guarantee anything. And that's not protecting women. And, you know, if you were to get pregnant while using birth control and you're like, well, I don't want this kid. It's not because, you know, the birth control necessarily failed you. It's because you failed your responsibility to protect yourself. I know people think that's an unpopular opinion, but that's that's just how it is. I mean, I'm not on birth control. I'll just go ahead and throw it out there um, because I, I choose to be abstinent. I choose to not go through those things. I choose to be responsible for what I do, not only just for like religious or moral reasons, but because I don't want to end up with a pregnancy that I'm not ready for at the age I'm at. And when I have things I want to pursue right now in my life, I just don't want that. And that's how I choose to avoid that. But that was one of the things. So I think that if you're pro-choice because you want women to be able to choose when they're pregnant, uh, really the whole idea of ha- having an abortion um, because you think that that will help women choose when to be pregnant. At that point, you're pregnant. Abortion doesn't help you choose whether to be pregnant. At that, when, when you conceive a child, you're pregnant. At that point, you're not choosing to not be pregnant. You're choosing to end your pregnancy violently and murderously. So it be, I think that that's one of those things where it also becomes, that's the second side of the argument. It becomes a deal where you're not exactly preventing, you know, birth control theoretically would prevent abstinence prevents, you know, all those things prevent uh, pregnancy. But once you conceive a child, you're no longer choosing if you want to be pregnant or not. You're choosing, do I want to continue to be pregnant? If not, you're, and you abort your kid, you are murdering them. And so that's the first response uh, to my little questionnaire. And that's my that's why I think that the biggest argument of choosing to be pregnant really is not a reason to support abortion. But that's unpopular. The second one says it's no one else's business what a woman chooses to do with her body. It doesn't affect you. So this one's kind of an interesting comment. She says it's no one else's business what a woman chooses to do with her body. So this argument assumes that the fetus is your body. And I'm going to bring a real scientific argument to this. Uh, That baby does not have the exact same DNA as you. That baby is not like an arm, a hand, a heart, a liver, an intestine. They're not a part of you. That baby is their own human being. 
So to make the argument that it's no one else's business what a woman chooses to do with her body, it is business in the sense that it's not her own body. We're talking about another human being. We're talking about somebody who is helpless and defenseless. And I remember I've gotten arguments where people are like, well, that baby, that baby relies on the mother. It's stealing nutrients from the mom. It's a very, like, very negative way of putting it. Like, oh, no, the baby's stealing nutrients. It's like that, that, that's almost like, that makes the baby like, almost like a evil. It's just evil. It makes the baby sound evil. That's, that's the best way I can put you know, baby, or like a parasite. That's a really good way. That's the word I was looking for. It makes the baby seem parasitic. Your baby is not a parasite, okay? Like, that, that's not how pregnancies work. And when you start to make pregnancies look evil um, and, like, the baby somehow, like, a nuisance, that's not okay because then you're dehumanizing an entire age group of people because they're humans. And that's not what the left advocates that it stands up for one bit. And it says it doesn't affect you. I don't know. It doesn't affect me. It affects me in the sense that I see a woman, they're murdering their baby. That affects me because I know that it's wrong. Sure, the abortion is not happening to me. My limbs aren't being ripped apart in the womb or I'm not being suctioned out. Sure. But, you know, it's kind of the moral argument. If you watch something immoral happen, do you have responsibility for that? And that's part of why um, I have this podcast and why I say things that are unpopular because I'm sorry, I cannot watch innocent lives You know, everybody's like, Wonder Woman's the best. Wonder Woman literally has a quote where she's like, I cannot stand by and watch innocent lives be lost. I'm kind of paraphrasing her quote. But that's kind of how I feel. I cannot morally hold, you know, be okay with myself standing by and just watching, oh, that mother is aborting their child. What a shame. It is my business because I'm in the business of promoting a moral, humane society. And that's my part as a citizen. If women are having abortions, and I don't do anything about it, then I become a bystander um, to one of the most horrific crimes that exists, not only in our nation, but in our world. And not only that, but to be like, it's no one else's business. That really just like bothers me. I'm not going to lie. Like it's no one else's business. There are so many things that the government makes their business and that people make their business. Um, We make it our business to put criminals in jail. So the argument that it's like, it's not your body, it's like that, you, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with me drinking and being drunk and then doing all these other crimes to another person because, you know, it's my body, it's my choice. It's like, no, sometimes you do things to yourself um, or you justify your actions and they do hurt another person. They do hurt another human life and in this instance, kill. So I think it's completely fair that the government has business in this um, I think that society ought to do part, you know, and make it clear that abortion's not right when they're teaching their kids and we are carrying information for the next generation. But it's definitely the business of the government. The business, if the government can have business putting murderers away in jail, um, then honestly, put every abortion doctor away in jail, please, because that's not okay. It's it's no different than if you are, um, if you're drunk driving, for instance, and then you you by some means, um, hit somebody and you kill them just because you're irresponsible. Um, or even, even if you're not being irresponsible, let's say you're married. Let's say that if you conceive a child, but let's just say for this um, instance, you're irresponsible when you conceive this kid and that you're sleeping around for whatever reason. And then you conceive a child. That's a consequence of your action that you can't just like, you know, sweep away under the rug. 
you have to deal with it. And if you are to make that evil even like if you're to make um, what you're doing evil and you're to make the situation worse. No, it's not good. Uh, I like this person sarcastically responded and said in quotes more. Uh, she said, I'm pro-choice because it doesn't hurt the babies in the long run. It's all about the moms because their babies are a piece of crap. And then she said, like without the quotes, ha ha, I hate liberals and abortion. So I thought that was very funny. Um, because, you know, that's that's how bad it's gotten is that you look at what people say and you're like, wow, I really, really hate how people stand for that. But that's what the abolitionists thought. And you know what? We emancipated slaves. Uh, we got rid of the Nazis in Germany. You know, the Jews who survived were able to continue their lives um, in a very real sense. They were able to live. Why are we doing it now? And so then people began commenting Bible verses. And I absolutely love this girl says, Jeremiah 1, 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Once again, this is, you know, this is the Christian argument. I truly don't believe, and I've made a podcast on this before, that you can be a Christian and support abortion. Um, if you really want to, like, see why scripturally, I've laid it out in a podcast. But Pastor John Lindell from James River Church, he lays out this great sermon. It's been viewed by thousands of people. Um, I would go look it up and I would watch it because if you're a Christian and you support and you're like, I'm pro-choice, um, I'm I'm not necessarily saying you're not a Christian, but I'm saying you're not adhering to the foundation of the Bible. And if you're like, I don't care, then that's a problem. And I would say that points to an attitude that is unchristlike and may indicate that you're not a Christian. But if you're like, well, I think pro-life is or pro-choice is OK, go watch this video. And I really hope that you change your mind. Uh, then this person said, uh, no one has the right to take away access to safe health care from another person. This is one of my favorite comments because I know this person. I know exactly who posted it. And um, I know that they're, they're a reasonable person. And so let me give you a reasonable argument. If you are somebody who wants to champion accessible health care for women, uh, I want to point out that, I mean, in the sense of like there's two genders that are born or sexes, whatever you want to say. Uh, male and female abortions that happen to girls baby girls when we want to take steps legally to say we want to legalize abortion up till after the point of birth so that way if a baby survives an abortion attempt we have to lay them on the table and just wait for them to die okay those little baby girls those girls aren't getting access to health care so if you want to make the argument that women i say uh, no one has the right to take away access to safe health care from another person. She doesn't even say women here, but, you know, uh, you don't have the right to take away the right to access health care from a baby who was born alive and survived your murder attempt. You don't have the right. You know, if you want to make the argument that a fetus is not a person until they're born. OK, let's assume for a second that you're correct, even though you're not. Let's assume once a baby is alive, you do not have the right to take away access to health care. But the current radical, aggressive abortion laws that we've been trying to pass and some states have passed in the United States allow for babies to not receive access to health care when this person says they have the right to every person theoretically under the left's frame of thinking has the right to access health care. And if that's truly something the left holds, then they should be giving health care to babies who are born alive period. So that's assuming that babies aren't people until they're born. That's under that assumption. But then you get the babies who, um, you know, they're still in the womb. They're still a person. They're still being developed and they're not getting access to safe health care. 
when a when a mother swallows a pill to poison their baby, uh, and no one has qualms about it, that's denying them access to develop and to become the person that they're going to be. Um, and it's almost not it's it's almost an argument. It's like for women to say, I want access to healthcare, you almost have to define what healthcare is. Because healthcare to me seems like something that would promote the well-being of a woman in in very various ways. So the fact that there's a doctor, and I, I screenshot this on my phone so I could remember, it's it's an article that was written by the National Grace Carr on February 12th, 2019, says, OBGYN who delivered 5,000 babies says, abortion is never necessary to protect women's health. And many doctors are coming along and saying the exact same thing. Like I've said earlier in the last podcast, if you have a baby um, and you have that child within or, or if you have a health condition that's going to prevent that child from having a good pregnancy or the pregnancy threatens the mother's life, if that like ever happens, they deliver the baby. Um, the only instance that I've ever talked to somebody about that not happening is happening is an ectopic pregnancy, which I feel like is a very different situation. But if there's something that's threatening the mother's life, they normally deliver the baby early and then they give all the health care they can to that kid so that kid can live. Abortion is never necessary in order to save the mother's life. In fact, abortion, there have been studies uh, in, I don't know, I think it was Finland. Don't quote me on this. But it was in Europe. They did studies that found that women who had abortions uh, were more likely to commit suicide, more likely to deal with depression, and more likely to deal with anxiety. Because there's something about taking away what you knew was a life in you and that being completely done. It's the same reason that women who have miscarriages grieve over their kid. If, if women if women have miscarriages, uh, we cannot as a society expect them to just be like, oh, it was just a fetus. Who cares? It's fine. It wasn't a human yet. You can't say that to somebody. And I get that people who have miscarriages very early on may adopt that mindset. But we as a society should not hold double standards because it's not up to the mother of whether that baby is alive or not or human or not. That's not up to the mother. It's a standard truth. And so if we're to look at people who have miscarriages and be like, I'm so sorry for your loss. And then look at people of abortion and be like, oh, it was your choice. That's inconsistent. And we wouldn't expect people to go up to people who have gotten miscarriages and be like, why the heck are you crying? Why the heck are you upset? It wasn't like it was a life or anything. No, we don't do that. And so the whole argument of women having the right to health care, how about we give babies who are born alive health care first off in Congress? That's like a first step. And that would be like the, the one of the humane steps that you would think that Congress would take. But then after that, let's realize that babies can feel have a heartbeat within the first three weeks. They grow fingernails and toenails all within like the first trimester. These are babies who are not getting access to health care and quite the opposite. They're being murdered. And the idea is it's somehow benefiting women when in reality it's not. And so that was something that I wanted to talk about. And then I actually found this. And I know that my last podcast dealt with the idea that we're a lot like Nazi Germany in the sense that we're killing people indiscriminately. And I found this post. And I just wanted to share it. It says, I am glad that it's somebody talking. I'm glad that I live in Germany where abortions are free because of the healthcare system that we have. It doesn't matter if your health is at risk, if you were raped, or if you're just not ready for a child, your body, your choice. And then this person commented back, Germany always excels at genocide. And that's exactly what my last podcast was talking about. So I thought that I would share that to you, that you see all these other countries who are notorious for evil, and they're continuing evil. And I don't know why this surprises people one bit. But I think that the biggest thing 
is that people constantly want to say that like my IQ this is something in the YouTube comments, my IQ is downhill, that my videos are falling apart. But the fact of the matter is it's all ad hominem. I have yet to see somebody actually really address the idea of why is it a woman's choice? Philosophically, why is this correct? Why does this benefit women? How does this scientifically work? No one ever benefits, no one ever takes this argument. They always take the argument in the moral high ground that it somehow up, you know, it, it boosts up women. And, you know, when you look at people who say they're a feminist, I find it very hard to believe them when we see baby girls who are being um, aborted because of their gender like what Planned Parenthood has been known to do. I don't see how a feminist can stand up when organizations like Planned Parenthood have consistently uh, covered up sex abuse um, cases, even incest. And you can look at live action. They do a lot of undercover studies about this. But time and time and time again, we see that young girls, uh, both who are in the womb, both who are getting pregnant, are not benefiting from abortions. And, you know, you can make the argument, well, you know, a woman has to decide herself if she wants the baby. And that's why women are getting upset. Okay, two things. First off, um, young girls have not completely matured when it comes to, you know, their brain and mentally. So to say that a 16-year-old has the capacity to make the decision to abort her child, especially without looking at things like an ultrasound, uh, just walking into a clinic and deciding they want one is I mean, we don't let people drink until they're 21 because the idea is, well, people haven't, you know, matured enough to drink. Uh, we don't, all these different aspects of people haven't matured enough. So when young people go into have an abortion, we don't apply the same standard, which is ridiculous to me. But not only that, but we have to talk about the idea of educating people. Are people educated on the decisions they're making? You know, Planned Parenthood made a post where they said pregnancy care clinics are evil. Don't go to them. They want to force you to not have an abortion. Uh, yet pregnancy care clinics don't have quotas of how many people come in to get pregnancy care uh, that I know of. They don't have anything like that. Planned Parenthood has quotas for their abortions. Their new CEO has talked about how they're not a family planning center. And they don't give ultrasounds to people so they can see their baby. Whereas these pregnancy care clinics say, ultimately, you are going to make the choice. Because right now, you're able to make the choice. But before you make the detrimental decision, know what the consequences are going to be and look at your baby. I mean, I feel like for the most part, schools kind of take the same approach to things like drugs. We know that you guys have the choice to use drugs or not, whether it's legal or illegal. You have the physical capacity to make a decision. What we want you to know are the consequences and why you shouldn't. And we want you to see what that consequence is going to look like um, and what what the result of your decision is going to be. And when we look at abortion, we don't have the same standard applied. You know, we don't really talk about it in schools. I was never told about uh, why you should or shouldn't have an abortion. Granted, I think the pregnancy care clinic who um, is in our city, I think they're the ones who put on the sex ed stuff. But you never hear about that kind of stuff because people know if you promote murder to young people uh, and you don't educate them, that's wrong. And yet we completely find this acceptable. But... The main reason I wanted to post today's video is because I've gotten uh, a lot of q and I've gotten a lot of questions. I even got a question about um, is birth control really against Christianity? And to be quite honest, I have never heard that um, in my church or anywhere that birth control is inherently evil. What I will say, and I'd be interested to know what the arguments for that are um, from the Christian perspective, why birth control is evil. What I will say is that 
if you're using birth control for the wrong reasons, it's not a question of if the birth control is wrong. It's a question of what are you doing? Are you sleeping around? Because from the perspective of a Christian, that's wrong. Are you using birth control, um, you know, because you have heavy periods? That's, that's very different. That's very different to me. And so that's kind of one of those things where I've never heard that. I don't see what's wrong with it. But uh, I'm also not very educated on what the reasoning as a Christian would be behind that. So if you have ideas or arguments you've heard, uh, leave them down in the comments below or DM at Filterless Podcast on Instagram. And I'll definitely look into that. Uh, definitely see how it lines up or doesn't line up with what the Bible says. Because I'm actually genuinely interested. Because the, the thing I've adopted is that if you are using, I mean, granted, if you're sleeping around, I would rather you be on birth control and not conceive and abort a kid than if you were to conceive a kid because you weren't on birth control and then you abort that kid. Because, you know, up until, if if you prevent yourself from conceiving a kid, that and, and then you ultimately don't have to kill that kid, that to me is great. Um, but once again, I've never really heard an argument for why it's unchristian to use birth control. So I would love to hear arguments for or against that in the comments below. But I hope that ultimately like my videos. I know that there's a lot of people out there who like to meme what I say. I know people will continue to do this. Uh, they like to call me names. They like to say that, you know, I'm this alt-rightist, that I push my religion on people. I even got a person who said I should stop paying attention to fake news. And what I really wish is that my generation would research what exactly they like. I'm a research nerd. I'm a research buff. I like to look up things. I mean, I, I'm the person who has like 18 tabs open, uh, both mentally in my brain and then on my computer and processing information and researching. I wish that people would do that too before they just adopt an opinion that has been set up um, to fail them. Because you're talking about the left. They set up opinions that are going to ultimately fail people. And so I think it's important to look at what the facts say. What do the facts say about women's health care? Uh, abortion is not health care. Abortion does not promote women. In fact, if anything, if you want to be a feminist, it hurts the lives of the babies who are born alive and then just left to die on a table. That's not access to health care. You talk about the idea, well, women should be able to decide when they get pregnant. You're right. Do you know, do you know how you get pregnant? By having sex. So maybe you should be abstinent. Or if you're going to have sex, if you're determined to do it, Know what's going to happen and commit to knowing that if you get pregnant, that's your kid. If you don't want to end up with a kid and you wouldn't want an abortion, don't have sex. You're not ready for it. You're not ready to be a parent. I'm not ready to be a parent right now. Do I Do I look like mom material to you? No. That's why, that's why I don't have kids. That's why I don't have sex. That, that's why I'm not ready. And so um, in the YouTube version of this podcast, I said I wasn't going to post it, but instead I'm going to go ahead and end the segment. So Anchor essentially limits you to 30 minutes. You can't talk past 30 minutes. And I did. So um, what said in YouTube is going to differ a little bit from right now what I'm saying on Anchor. But ultimately what it comes down to is are you going to be responsible? Are you going to take up for your actions and be held accountable to them? Or are you going to whimper away um, and hide away and hold up a sign that makes you somehow seem like you've taken the moral high ground when in reality, you're going to struggle. I think that it's important to be educated about what we're saying and what we're advocating for. Because when I say that I truly think one day uh, we're going to be held responsible for what we believe, 
you know, we, we like to look back and be like, oh, the slave owners were such terrible people. How would you feel if you were in the slave owner's position? To know that you did something wrong and history looked back on you and thought you were evil. If you don't want to be that person, at least research what you're saying. Beyond, it's just my right. Beyond that. Because before you have the right to health care, someone has the right to life. Period. So that's my biggest, my biggest thing uh, with all these questions and comments is I really learned that people just want to advocate for rights. If you want to advocate for rights, look at the right to life before you look at the right to anything else. Because that's the right that is a foundation for all others. If you're not alive, you have no rights. Okay? The right to life is the basic right to everybody. So I thank you guys for your questions. I thank everybody for their comments, even though they were of a different idea than what I have. But ultimately, I encourage everybody to research. And I hope that you all have a filterless, say your opinion, don't be violent, be honest, search for truth type of day. Thanks.